0: Hello and welcome to Take 97, a film podcast with your host, David Ingram. Uh, today is the first ever episode of the series of the podcast, Take 97, a film podcast, and I'm just excited to get going, really. Um, for this, I am going to do something a bit different for the first episode, because it's an introduction to how things are going to go, and just to really set you guys up with the adventure that we're going to go on for the next However many minutes you uh, that we're going to go on for now, I believe I'm aiming for about 20 minutes, but we'll see how it goes. Um, the first part of the show will be dedicated to some films that I've personally picked out myself that I feel are feel-good films and films to make you feel better that you can have access to right away, right now, and you can watch straight away. Um, and then the second half of the show, I aim to look at some future releases of films that have yet to come out in the cinemas or in your home video format on streaming and whatnot, um, but haven't quite made it out due to this horrible time that we're going through right now. Uh, So just giving you reasons to look forward to things in the world of film, and that's just basically what we're going to talk about for now. So uh, let's get started, shall we? Let's get rolling on the camera. So first of all, I have a question for you. If you have ever been to a wedding uh, in Britain particularly if you're listening in Britain uh, and you've listened to you know you get all the classic party tracks and stuff like that you know um, for me personally I've always heard like the cha-cha slide and, and various other ones uh, YMCA those kind of uh, songs that are always played at every single party weddings those kind of things um, there's one song that aren't you always hear almost every time and it's it gives it away what this film that I'm going to talk about now is Um, it's the Grease Megamix and if you haven't heard it at a wedding I don't know which wedding or party what parties you're going to because it seems to be at the most the ones that I end up at and you know it's just a great mix of all the classics from that soundtrack and obviously like I said the film that I'm talking about is the 1978 classic movie musical Grease uh, it stars John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Uh, John Travolta was actually just fresh off of his success from Saturday Night Fever, the year of previously, 1977. And it saw the the joint partnership of him and Newton-John together. And it was just electrifying, if you pardon the, <laughs> the grease pun there. It was an electrifying partnership. And I really, really, really cannot tell you how much I love this film. It's really feel good. It it just, it, yes, it focuses on like, you know, it's all about like teen drama uh, set in the 1950s, even though it's made in the 70s. So it kind of, it doesn't age as badly as some films would have done if they would. Set, so if it was set in the 70s, it could have quite easily aged quite badly with the music numbers and, and such. It could have become tacky then. But this one doesn't do that. This one... Particularly, I don't know, it's a mixture of the performances by the actors as their teenage selves, uh personas, and just the way that they perform the music numbers. I mean, for me, I love Grease Lightning. Grease Lightning always sticks out to me. I mean, the moment the film starts, you get hit by the, the music track. I mean, you get hit by, like, the romantic... Love is a Many Splendid Thing, it's all all lovely, it all seems like a classic film, the sort of thing that you'd watch on like a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday matinee uh, in the old days, but I just watched like really easygoing viewing, and then all of a sudden, in comes in Frankie Valli's Greece, and it's just a brilliant, it really gets you in the mood, it makes you feel really funky, even though it's meant to be set in the 50s, it's kind of funky as well, And I just really, really love uh, how electrifying the soundtrack is, but also just the way it's a really good feel-good film. I can't really put many more words into the sentence to explain why you should watch the film, other than the fact that Grease Lightning is a brilliant musical number, uh, both from realistic and non-realistic perspectives. Um, John Travolta has a cracking singing voice in, in it, and also the dream fantasy sequence of it all, uh, when they're with the shiny grease Lightning, so the actual car that they're fixing up to race at the Thunder Road, it's very, very, <coughs> very good. Uh, and shiny and very pristine, like a waxed, oiled machine, like um, uh, old musical would have been back in the day. A very well oiled machine. Now it's available to watch on Amazon Prime and Google Play at the moment. Uh, but also if you have the DVD or Blu-ray, pop it in. Pop in, I guarantee you're gonna have some fun there. Other ones, there's Johnny English the trilogy. So there's uh, uh, three films: so Johnny English, Johnny English Reborn, and Johnny English Strikes Again. Each of them having a all star cast really, and they all star Rowan Atkinson as the title character of Johnny English. Uh, one and t- one and three, sorry, have Ben Miller in them as his baffling sidekick Boff, who's I don't, the the partnership, again, it's a really good partnership. It, it always confuses me. I think it's because Ben Miller wasn't available during the shoot of the second one, uh, or at least they didn't want him in it, because he's in a deleted scene, which never made it into the film. But, you know, their partnership in the, th- the first and the third one is electrifying. And although it seems like Ben Miller should be the boss, really, and Johnny English shouldn't, uh, he has that nut- really quaint English respect for his boss. And I really do feel that it, it makes the comedy really come out in it. And it's if you don't know Johnny English, it's a spy spoof, and it takes the mick out of classic tropes of James Bond films, but it takes itself seriously. And whilst I do feel that you've got things like Austin Powers, which equally I could mention, I could recommend to you now, I would recommend Johnny English more because the thing with Austin Powers is it's very, very it goes beyond the tongue-in-cheek of taking the mick out of the spy film and all of its tropes, such as, uh, you know, and all the James Bond stuff, the gadgets and all that stuff, you know. But Johnny English does it sensibly, uh, which sounds a bit strange to say, but Johnny English parodies in a sensible fashion enough to get the message across to the audience saying, look, this is a film that plays on all the things that you know and love, but we're making fun of it but not so much in the way that it makes it less credible so he kind of he makes fun of the gadgets and the you know bits and pieces that you'd expect from a classic bond film that from q branch um but they're still credible to the real world and they they exist and they they're credible to the last end of it whereas johnny um austin powers is very much a case of let's make fun of it uh and rip the absolute hell into it it's uh, it's relentlessly spoofy in the way that it's very grotesque so yeah I'd say Austin Powers if you like grotesque comedy and just toilet humor in general then go for that but Johnny English although yes there is literally in the first one toilet humor because he climbs up Rowan Atkinson's Johnny English finds himself <laughs> climbing up a toilet shaft to get to see the villain uh, in his main in his little hideout as it were but I do feel that the credibility of Johnny English is much more and the comedy is a little bit more nuanced in places, as well as there's the odd toilet humour, the odd bit of funny business, but I feel that if you want outright silliness, then I feel that go for Austin Powers, but, you know, proper comedy, uh, I'd say, classic British sensibility, I would say go for the Johnny English films. Um, Like I said, Ben Miller, Rowan Atkinson, the first one's got John Malkovich in it as well, Um, as well as Natalie Imbruglia, which is very interesting <laughs> to hear Uh, to see, even, uh, the pop star (laughs) responsible for Torn acting alongside Mr Bean. It's very, very strange, but it's brilliant. And, uh, you know, the trilogy as a whole has got a great cast of people. Emma Thompson's in the third one as the Prime Minister. There's loads and loads of famous names, and it be they in cameo or in full appearances, they're just brilliant. And the first one, there's a standout moment from the uh, moment we reveal the evil villain's plan, or not as it happens, um, all I'm going to say is ABBA. That is all I shall say for now, and just watch the film to find out. Um, Again, that's available on Amazon Prime and Google Play Store, uh, and I'm sure, like many rom-coms such as Bridget Jones and various other films, uh, it'll be available on a terrestrial TV channel at some point, um, because those kind of British films end up being shown on those formats. Uh, but like I said, it's very much a case of classic British comedy, if you like that sort of thing. Uh, moving on, we've got uh, the rise of Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus is a massive, massive thing right now, and you can't avoid it. It's brilliant if you love Disney, or any of the things that it owns. So, you know, obviously it owns The Simpsons now, and various other Fox things. Uh, National Geographic, and all sorts of other things, the Pixar films and the early animations from their early back catalogue of the Disney era, but the one I'm going to recommend to you today, or at least the series of films, the franchise, is one of my favourite franchises, is Toy Story. I personally, I love the original, even though I wasn't born when the original was around, I love the original, the original really has all that lovely human emotion in it, and it's just great fun, and if you you know, if you're looking for something to watch with the kids, but you want to watch something as well, and you might be a bit nostalgic for it, so you might have grown up with it, or you might not have grown up with it, I would say Toy Story is the best sort of franchise to watch, I mean, you could even just watch one, really, just watch one and two because uh, they're brilliant. I'd say 3 really does round up the series nicely, and I it's unescapable, the fact that it makes most people cry by the end of the, by the, end of the final scene. But saying that, um, <laughs> the ending of 4 had me as a nerve absolute wreck. I was broken. Um, some people don't like 4, because of the way that it rewrote the perfect ending of 3, and then really it didn't sort of stamp on it but it really sort it rewrote the new ending and it kind of opens us up to thinking well why can't there be like 10 toy story films why can't we go on forever and ever but i i feel if you want to watch yeah it doesn't really matter if you don't watch the fourth one if you're really opposed to it because like i said the third one really ends the trilogy it ends the three that three films as a collection, as one whole story, nicely, um, but if you want to watch all four, by all means, I would recommend watching all of them, because, you know, there's so much talent, you've got Tom Hanks as Woody, you've got Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, various other very talented voice artists, they're just brilliant in what they do, and, you know, I personally grew up with, you know, all the toys from Toy Story, and it was just, you know, to watch it again and again, I, I'm not a kid anymore, is safe to say, and I still love watching the Toy Story films, and, you know, I think they are personally for everyone, doesn't matter whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, you can watch them, it's brilliant, brilliant fun, family, feel good, fun, if you're looking for something to watch as a family, or even if you're not a family, and you just a couple, or just on your own, or you want to watch, you know, however you want to watch it, I feel that they're really good to watch, and so that's on Disney+, and also available on Amazon Prime as well, but like I said, I'm very much a champion of the physical media, so if you're like me, you might already have the set on your shelf somewhere, or at least some of them on your DVD shelf, if you have those, or Blu-ray, if you're like an aficionado on that kind of thing, then just pop it in the player and watch it, because, you know, they're brilliant, and the same applies to my next recommendation, the three flavours, coordinated Cornetto trilogy, say that properly, uh, which stars Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and they're all directed by Edgar Wright, and they consist of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Now, all of these, they only have a Cornetto trilogy, a Cornetto flavour, shall we say, in each of them, in a very small cameo capacity, which is how they get their name, but, and obviously how they themed their overall marketing strategy for the posters and such, so red, blue, and green, but they are very funny. Um, they're, you know, they're classics of their own time. They haven't. I mean, they're quite recent as well, recent-ish, uh, within the past twenty years. So they haven't aged badly, as of yet. Until something else comes along that might make them look bad. But for now, I would recommend them. Obviously, Shaun of the Dead is a zombie apocalypse based movie, uh, which might be a little bit too apt right now, but it is very funny. And it's got all those classic one liners um, that if you're into if you're seeing all like jokes online and stuff about waiting for everything to blow over uh, and have a cold pint of the Winchester, then (laughs) that's where that's from. Obviously, you can't go to the pub and have a pint at the Winchester because it's closed. But, you know, you can feel like you're in the Winchester by watching Shaun of the Dead. uh, Just that little bit closer. Uh, On top of that, my personal favourite is the second in the trilogy, and that's Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is is based on a police... It's just a police... I don't even know what you'd call it, really. It's a comedy about a policeman, Nicholas Angel, who is played by Nick... uh, Who's played by Simon Pegg and is assisted by Nick Frost, who's one of the local policemen from a, a little village that Nick uh, Simon Pegg is posted to after being too good, that's right, too good at his job in London uh, by Bill Nye of all people, and he, it's just, it's very, it paints very stereotypical images of the small village, and it works with that, but at the same time, it's just really funny, because again, it's a bit like Johnny English, it's absurd, but absurd taken seriously, so the way Edgar Wright has directed it, it's taken very seriously, and I feel that it's very, very fun, the result of it is very fun, and you get classic one-liners like, no luck catching them killers then, actually, it's just one killer, and you know, just it's you know classic one liners like that and also the when's your birthday with the with all the underage teenagers in the pub where um Simon Pegg yeah. basically arrests the entire village for underage drinking and doing everything illegal in the first 5 minutes of him being there just going for a quiet pint in a in the pub but you know that's just a taster of what you can expect and that those are available on Amazon Prime as well they're good to watch on there and also again these ones will be available I'm sure coming up in the coming weeks and months on a terrestrial TV channel uh, because they tend to repeat these ones I've seen them constantly on ITV too so I'm sure they'll put them on many other channels as well but mostly them as well Uh, and then on top of that I would say um, that concludes my Recommendations for films to watch, feel good films, as well as obviously you got your rom coms, romantic comedies, and um, Back to the Future trilogy, that's another good one. If you love your 80s sci fi comedy by Robert Zemeckis, that's a brilliant film. I highly recommend that. But moving on to the second part of the show now, whilst I've just been telling you all about the kinds of films that I like and the kinds of films that I would recommend that you watch during this time of lockdown, of not knowing what to do, really, between anything you might have planned, such as the odd Joe PE routine or gardening or whatever you have to do in your house whilst you have nothing else to do. These are the sorts of things to look forward to when you do go back to normal. Now, these films, a lot of them are tentative release dates that I might say now. They're not necessarily going to come out on these dates. They're just dates that I have researched from various film journals of sorts, uh, film magazines and online articles generally when they're going to be released but who knows plans might change but here it goes these are my top recommendations and particular favorites and picks for film releases that are going to come out in the coming months hopefully by the end of 2020 but maybe next year as well uh leading on from the last point I made about Edgar Wright Edgar Wright obviously he's recently done uh, the very, the successful Baby Driver with the insane soundtrack, it's a great soundtrack, if you haven't seen Baby Driver I would say it's very well done in the sense that all the editing's done very clever in a way that you, all the music's very well timed to each shot and each cut, if you're into the, your technical side of filmmaking it's very worthwhile your time to watch that one, but next Film that he's working on or shall I say he's worked on mostly I think most of the production is done it's it's almost ready to come out but we don't have a date for it yet it's called Last Night in Soho it's a horror drama directed by Edgar Wright it's his seventh feature film and it's got an all-star cast it's got Matt Smith the 11th Doctor from uh, Doctor Who in from 2010 all the way through to 2012 13 era and then Diana Rigg, who's famous for her role as Emma Peel in the nineteen sixties TV show *The Avengers*, uh, and also Anna Taylor-Joy, who starred prominently in *Split* with James McAvoy, and also as a small part in the sequel, as it were, *Glass*. And it also, funnily enough, stars half of the Weasley twins, Fred Phelps, uh, Fred Phelps, James Phelps, who stars. as Fred Weasley in the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, So he's in it as well. Uh, And judging by what I've read and what I've seen of the film, it looks like a mishmash between Shaun of the Dead, that's the horror aspect, the lighting of World's End, and then the setting of Soho. And it's just... It's very bizarre. I mean, we've gone from a very slick bank heist setting with baby driver you know and, uh, a heist driver and you know all about him and him coping with you know just the underworld of crime and filling his life with music because he's got tinnitus in his ears to block out the drain out the sound of of the pain from an accident he had as a child all very serious stuff and now we've gone back to full-on horror absolute horror which you kind of get in Shaun the dead but Sean the dead is much funnier this one seems much more serious and much more well thought out um in terms of you know general like commercial filmmaking it's meant to be serious it's meant to be very very grand and very you know scary in some places but obviously it could there could be some funny bits in it well who knows we'll have to wait and see what Edgar Wright has for us uh some point later this year maybe next year because we don't have a release date for that yet Um, Other ones that I thought would be worth mentioning, There is No Time to Die, which is the 25th James Bond film, the most anticipated Bond film of all, because it's Daniel Craig's last outing as James Bond. And it's really a case of... I mean, I was looking for... My dad was looking for... I was going to take my dad to go and see James Bond, No Time to Die. And it was going to be out for his birthday. It was out... I I believe it was out on the 2nd of April. It was meant to be out... And then literally, this all happened, and they postponed it and now we've got to wait until the twelfth of November this year um whilst I think that's a very good date to look forward to i like I said at the beginning, I can't tell whether that's going to be the final day. who knows these days, who knows, but November looks to be a very big month because that one obviously no time to die is out um. Also out that month is a Pixar film called Soul, which is directed by Pete Doctor. Uh, that's very I that's very much my field, as it were, because I love jazz music and that sort of big band kind of sound, but also, you know, just relaxing, soothing jazz. And it's all about a character voiced by Jamie Fox who see- finds his soul, as it were, I mean, there's not, I can't really give too much away, because I want you guys to watch the film when it comes out, because I've read a lot of articles about the making of it, and it kind of, some of them give it away, some of them don't, but yeah, I'll let you make the judgment for that, it looks like another Pixar classic in the making, I personally haven't really been that up on all the Pixar films recently, Uh, I've watched Toy Story 4, and I watched Cars 3, but I didn't watch any of the new ones, because, I don't know, they've just not really hit a resonance with me, so things like The Good Dinosaur, Coco, and uh, Brave as well, Brave, that is, you know, Brave people say is a very good film, but I just haven't seen it, I, I haven't got around to watching it, there are other things that have taken up my time before I've come to watch it, as it were, so... You know, I mean, I might watch it one day. I'll get around to it. I say that about most films, but we'll soon see. Uh, but Soul, particularly the subject matter of it, looks quite interesting. I mean, mainly because it's got jazz music in it. That's why I love it. But yeah, it looks quite interesting. Yeah, I think Pixar are delving into this whole afterlife thing as well more and more as we get through all of their new films that are coming up because they did it in Coco, I believe. I understand based on the synopsis that I read, but they um yeah they're they're looking more towards afterlife and beyond real life because obviously we've had what if toys could talk what if cars could talk what if feelings could talk well now it's you know we're looking at the afterlife what if the dead could talk as it were that's what they did for Coco mostly and I think they're partly doing for Soul as well um very mystical very soulful if you pardon the pun right there but it's yeah an interesting one it looks interesting and the trailer looks really sweet and nice, and the music would be really fun, I think. Uh, next ones uh, to recommend, 16th of September, oh sorry, the um, Pixar one, that's due out the 20th of November as well, that's meant to be out then, apparently, as we go, and then also in September, so before all that, there's the King's Man, which is the prequel, as it were, to the whole Kingsman Secret Service saga of films, made, directed by Matthew Vaughan, you won't see Colin Firth or Taryn Edgerton in this film, it's purely based on the Secret Service itself, which is used in the first two films that we've seen so far, Uh set in World War One and how that the Secret Service was set up. And we've got great casting in here. We've got Ray Fiennes, known for obviously Voldemort and various other roles. His role in the Grand Budapest Hotel, which was a brilliant Gustav H, was brilliant. And on to- and then Gemma Arterton and Risa Fans as supporting cast members. Uh, That looks really fun. Matthew Vaughan can direct a great fight sequence, it has to be said. It's amazing. So I look forward to that one. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 out in August 2020 and also the Christopher Nolan film out in July, although I think it's going to be later now, uh, Tenet, which is filmed in a mixture of IMAX and 70mm film, which I believe is very similar to the method he used for Dunkirk, uh, which was very is an interesting experience very powerful film but yeah this one again dealing with war in some way it's about preventing world war three um and it stars david washington who was in black clansman to so the spike lee film and i i'm just interested to see what that one has because christopher nolan likes to bend your mind when you go and see the film but he very much does not like digital filmmaking so obviously you'll know what you see is what you get and that was filmed practically and apart from maybe the odd blue green screen shot here and there, but he really doesn't like digital. So he, it's another Nolan amazer as it were. You can't really uh, predict what it's going to be. Like he had the prestige, which was you know all about the magic tricks and the illusion. Uh, you got Dunkirk, which was the grand scale of the Dunkirk beaches and uh, the, escape plan for that during the second world war and and also the dark knight trilogy the fantastic dark knight trilogy which he directed was brilliant so obviously with that one i've got you just gotta wait and see like i said tenet is due out july 2020 but as i said it's probably due out later in the year because who knows what's going to happen now and that's pretty much it for my recommendations. Oh, and lastly as well, there's Black Widow, for all you Marvel fans out there. That's meant to be out 6th of November. It was due out earlier in May, uh, so now, but it's been moved to November the 6th. So November's going to be quite a very busy month for film. But we'll soon see how everything pans out. So, I'm going to conclude our time on the podcast right now. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to me talk for a bit and I will speak to you soon and hopefully the next episode it'll be much more direct into specific genre I'm not going to tell you which genre yet or style of film because I feel it should be a surprise but keep an eye on your podcast app of your choosing that you're listening to this on and I just look forward to speaking to you again and hopefully you're enjoying listening to me talk about my favorite films and eventually we will get some guests in to talk with me and have open discussions about my favourite films, their favourite films, and various other topics which go deep into the heart of the film industry, um, including soundtracks, uh, director studies, and all sorts of other bits and pieces that will get you hooked. And I hope you enjoy those when they come along. But for now, I'm going to sign off. I've been David Ingram, and that's a wrap on Take 97. Thank you. See you later, guys.